we just start yet? All right, going now. Fight the Power, June 1st edition of Dom City. I don't know what episode number we're on. We've lost track, but I'm sure we'll figure it out. Uh, Vince Mercandetti, Henry Maldonado Jr., Fighting the Power, Public Enemy. Very symbolic for multiple reasons today. Vince, how are you? <laughs> I've been better. We're, we're in a officially doomsday scenario. We said it last week. If there wasn't an agreement by now, um, you've got about a week left, and that's where we're at. And seems like owners want to continue to have their thumbs in their asses, and that's where we are. So I, I've been better. I think everyone around us has been better, too, and this country's been better. It's been a bad week all around. So you just muted yourself, I think. Yeah, sorry about that. That's all right. How are you doing? Uh... I don't know, man. It's it's been weird. It's it's uh it's been a weird few days um, for me as a man of color, um, Hispanic male living in New York. Um, seeing everything going on, you know, it's it's hard to uh, ignore it. Um, you know, I, I know we are on a baseball podcast, but we would be fools to not um, address the things that are going on in our country right now with protests and the riots and and everything happening with uh, George Floyd. You know. Um, I wish we were in a better place, but we, we aren't, you know, um, coronavirus was forgotten about, but for the wrong reasons. Um, I'm not sure, man. I, I'm just, I'm having a lot of emotions, honestly. Yeah. I, I mean, I hear you. I am, I am not a person of color. I'm not a man of color. Um, but I, I think that the events of this week should have hit everyone hard. This was, you know, what happened was blatant. Um, there's not a lot of gray area there. The follow-up to it is is horrible. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I think at this point, for me personally, I'm at the point where I understand the anger. You know, I, I understand where it's coming from, and I feel the anger myself, even though it doesn't even affect me, you know, in a vacuum. Yeah. Um I think we're all at that point and that's what sucks. You know, that's what's so scary about this whole situation is that we are at that point now as a country where everyone's angry for something. <laughs> and this should be a situation where we should be rallying together to find a way to make the country better. And instead we're just, it's going to get worse. And that that's a shame. Yeah, we, uh, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the exact timeline. I know some people aren't. Everyone knows what's going on. I'm not sure if they know everything that led up to it, and, I, and I'll make it quick and brief. I know um, George Floyd was at a store, apparently buying a pack of cigarettes. He used what the store clerk thought was a counterfeit bill, which I believe they later realized was not a counterfeit bill. A 20 should be noted. $20 bill. Um, the clerk called the police, and it took eight minutes and 46 seconds for that man to lose his life from the point of the police getting there. Eight minutes and 46 seconds is what we see on camera. Eight minutes and 46 seconds is what has brought this country to its knees once again. 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think every single bubbling part about this country, that's a problem. And we'll get into a lot of this. So when we talk about Major League Baseball is coming to a boiling point, uh, whether symbolically because of Mr. Floyd or, or because of whatever the reason. But every single thing that we have turned a blind eye to that has not affected us personally, that has removed our capacity to be affected personally, that has removed our capacity to feel for our neighbors or our friends or our extended family, it's all coming to a boiling point. And it's coming in the middle of a pandemic when we've already lost 100,000 plus people. And there's segments of this country that don't believe those people are dying. And that's, uh, that's an indictment on all of us. The, yeah, we live in a weird place right now. Uh, yeah, a very weird place. And, uh, and it's, it's a good segue because there has always been one thing in the course of our, our history uh, to help us in these situations. That's our national pastime. Major League Baseball is not the most popular sport in America anymore. Football is. I think no matter how you slice the numbers, football's king. Um, and that's okay. They've also been talked about more than any other sport um, the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, and usually for football, it's for the wrong reasons. But, uh, but absolutely, football controls, controls sports. Uh, and at the college level, it also controls sports. Major League Baseball has been, though, an outlet. It's been part of the American landscape to escape things like September 11th and world wars and previous sicknesses that have inflicted the country and tragic events, no matter what they are. And this year, at no fault of MLB so far, it is not there. Yeah. So that already is, is hard to deal with. Baseball saved baseball. In 95. <laughs> yeah. There was a strike. Um, everyone felt that they brought in scab players, which went horribly. And it tanked. And what saved it was baseball, you know. So we need Absolutely. it. So we are now at a point where we have a golden opportunity if you're Major League Baseball. You have maybe the best opportunity you've had in decades to make a statement here, to make a point, to lead by example. And they are fucking this up worse than you can possibly fuck something up, <laughs> for lack of a better term. I agree. There's nothing but errors and errors and errors happening. You have an opportunity to join together. And we know it's contentious between players and owners. We've known that for a few years now. We've seen how the off-seasons have gone. We've seen how free agency has gone. We've seen how this luxury tax has affected the way teams spend and the way players earn, especially at a certain age. They have a golden opportunity here to join together, do what's right. And it started out, Henry, for me as, yeah, we don't want to hear about millionaires and billionaires bitching. We don't want to hear about the players. We'll probably side with them because the on the other side of that fence are people who make 10 to 100 times their money. And anytime you're in a money situation, I don't know about you, but I feel for the guy who has less of it when you're, when you're negotiating it. But now we're in a situation where we've had a couple of proposals here that we can discuss. Yep. Earlier in the week, and by earlier in the week, I mean yesterday, players 
counter proposal finally. And I say finally because it is five days after the last proposal. And to fill everyone in, in case you haven't been paying attention, the last proposal from owners, um, or the last proposal I believe on the table was the 82 game prorated, but with a ton of scaled back salaries. That was the owner's proposal. Horrible sliding scale. Basically, if you were making the most money in baseball, you agree to the first 50%, and then you're taking basically at least another 25 to 33% cut on top of that. So you're essentially walking away with maybe like 20 to 25% of your starting salary. So for everyone out there who continues to beat a dead horse and make the statement these players should be sacrificing, that's the actual number. It's not a number that they're looking to, they're dropping a few million dollars. They're dropping 80% of their salaries. If I told you tomorrow to drop 80% of your salary, you probably wouldn't be happier in a very good spot because that's a lot of people in this country who have no, no money, uh, no job, but at least you've got, you know, the whole unemployment factor. You make 52000 a year or whatever and less in this country. You're actually making more on unemployment once you get it in the state of Florida. It takes months for that to happen. But you're not happy, case, case told. So I don't want to hear it about you're making a few million dollars. You should be able to live off of it. Anytime you're taking an 80% pay cut, it's a change to your lifestyle. Yeah, it's like I tell them, none of those people who bitch and moan would work for less money so that their employers can have a higher profit margin. None of them. And if they say yes, they're full of shit. Correct. So since then, since we had a situation where we were like, okay, oh, players, we understand why you don't want to take that deal. That is a lot to ask, but let's get a counter from you. Cause at that, to that point we hadn't had a offer from the players since they agreed in March to the 50% pay cut essentially. Mm-hmm. And since then owners have said, well, there's not going to be fans. So we need you to take a bigger pay cut. So it was understandable a few days ago to be frustrated by the players as well as the owners. Then what happened is the players yesterday come out with a counter proposal and it's for 114 games, which they would get paid for. They are willing to play essentially every day. I mean, I think there was nine off days total, right? 114 games in 123 days. Which is absurd. Uh, It's absurd with expanded rosters. It's a little more palpable, but that's what the players are willing to do is play all of those games with nine off days. I mean, that is a lot of games. That's a lot of playing. Um, And in addition to that, they said, you know, you don't have to pass for 162 games, but we can get 114. Now, now owners make revenue on these games. I know they don't have fans, but you still still make revenue the more games there there are. And if you don't, you need to open your books, which is something the players asked for. It hasn't happened. Three times they actually open a book yeah. and they got nothing. Has not happened. It's like uh, it's like a tax return at this point. So now you're in a situation where the players uh, have put out this 114 game proposal, 123 days, and they said we'll take a hundred million dollars of what you're going to pay us this year. You can pay it to us over the next two years, which is very close, by the way, to what we had predicted. Uh, I had written in Dong City last week. I thought that over three years, they should take $500 million and defer it. This was $100 million. Starting point. That's how negotiations should work. And uh, with interest is what I read, which is fine. That's understandable. Um, owners have countered, instead of 114 games, instead well, of the 82. Let's real quick say why that deal wouldn't work for the owners, because I think that deal maximizes at 114 and for fans we want as much baseball as possible 
for players, they want as much baseball as possible because they'll get paid Correct. what they're supposed to. Owners don't want that. No. Because they're being played. That's 114 games that'll be played with no fans. So they're not making that money. They're not making concession money. They're not making the park, you know, all that other stuff that comes with it. They're not making. So they view it as at this point, as many games as played, that's less more less less of a profit margin that they're making at the end of the day. Right. But you can see where the wheels are turning for the players when they do that proposal, because they're saying essentially, you don't want to pay us for games we're not playing because we agreed to the prorated amount. So mm-hmm. we'll play more games for you and you can pay us for that. Oh, wait. Uh, and you, know, me- you forgot something on the player's proposal. The expansion of playoff games for two years to playoff teams, two years. Yes. And the reason that's important is because players won't get paid extra money in the playoffs. Only the teams will. So right. that's the that's the players throwing the owners a bone saying, hey, here's extra games. Here's extra money that we won't be a part of. Players are saying, give us back, essentially, I don't have the math off the top of my head, uh, 25% of our salary from what we agreed to. And you can have billions between two years of expanded playoffs, I would imagine, with TV deals. Um, we'll play extra games as an expanded playoff. We'll play extra games, 114 games, 123 days. We will wear ourselves out for the sake of the entertainment of the sport. And in addition to that, we'll defer $100 million. So you're not hit as hard this year when you have less money. And let's face it, no one's going bankrupt, despite what moron Bob Nutting has to say about anything. So that was the proposal. That was, a, in my opinion, a good faith proposal. I think that it, it, I could see where owners would push back. They probably want more than $100 million in deferments. They probably would push back to maybe a third year of deferments instead of just two. They'd push back on the games, maybe going back down to like 100 or 90. You can see all those things are possible. But that's what a negotiation is. I have a question for you, Vince. Yeah. Instead of um, coming back with a common sense proposal and say, hey, let's take this and walk with it, what do the owners do right before we hit the show? They come back with a 50-game season proposal. You said 150? I said 50. Oh, f- five, oh. Yeah, right. Eliminate 100 games from that. Oh. They have a 50-game proposal. You know what is proven in, a, in 50 games in MLB? Absolutely nothing. There is nothing. It is not a legitimate sample size for anything. You know how we, at the beginning of the season, we're, we get into April, May, maybe early June, and we hear the stupid number, this player's projected to get yeah. this many hits and this player's projected to hit this many home runs? That's what you do with a 50-game sample size. You project because it's unrealistic because it's not a real fucking number. Yeah, here's a nice exercise for anyone watching. Who has ever looked at the standings on Memorial Day and said, <laughs> we are the best team in baseball and we're going to win the World Series? Have you ever seriously looked at the standings in Memorial Day and been like, this feels right? Every single team who's going to make the playoffs is legitimate, and this is probably the order you're going to see at the end of the season. It hasn't happened once, if you're being honest with yourself. And, and let's, let's get something out the way, because I'm tired of those fans that will hang on the nuts of every MLB owner and will cry to the moon that it's the players being greedy and it's the players that here you have the play, the players proposing 114 games. We get 114 games of baseball. The owners counter with 50, meaning 
that they play, they'll pay them their prorated portion, but for only 50 games. I'm sure insurance comes to play into this. I'm sure the owners will get paid from insurance or a lot of missed revenues, loss of business revenue. That's an insurance. Um, they're just being cheap fucks at this point. Now they're trying to say, let's maximize how much money we can make at all costs, including the fans, the players. They don't give a shit about anybody. And if you need any further proof, this is it. If you're still side with the owners, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, I, I think that's apt. Uh, this is kind of how I feel uh, basically about the country right now. There, there's so many pitfalls right now as to where you can be an, an idiot. This is one of them. If you are still today on June 1st at 7.16 Eastern time siding with owners or think that this is still 50% owners and players in this together screwing us, you are a total fucking moron. It's as simple as that because the owners do not want a season. They would rather sit on their bank accounts, not have baseball. Bob Nutting would rather run Ogden newspapers or oh, fuck he does in Pittsburgh and not have a season. That's what he would prefer. Not you to have baseball, not you to escape the riots going on in your city right now, not you to escape the curfew going on in your city right now, not you to grieve, to get away from grieving for the death of another innocent person by police. They want you to have nothing as far as an escape. They want you to have no baseball, no entertainment. That's what the owners want. Not the players. They're willing to play more games. They want money. That's it. They want a portion of their money. Owners want you to have nothing. They do not give a single shit about you or the players or anything else except their wallets. If you can't see that by now, God help you because nothing's going to make you see it. You're an idiot. You're a robot. You're a pawn. And you cannot, you know, have the brain capacity to figure it out. I agree totally. I mean, again, you're talking about millionaires versus billionaires, but you look at the proposal, you look at what's going on, and I can't possibly fathom anyone with a fraction of a brain saying that makes sense. Oh, you owners make the investment. Shut the fuck up with that. Don't I, give me that. I will. I will not buy. You can. You can put me. I will not buy a single thing in 2021 that is major league baseball related. I agree. No season. This proposal is a slap in the face to the fans. This proposal is slapping the face to the players. Without those players, there is no baseball. Period. You do not get the quality of play you get with the without these players. They are the whole fucking show. Yeah, and God, yeah. Gee, thank you for touching on that. My private life, I am a professional recruiter. That is my job by trade. I'm a corporate recruiter. Not going to tell you where, but I'm a corporate recruiter. I cannot tell you how annoying it is when you bring up the argument. If you were a player, you would do this or anything that has to do with your rights as an employee compared to a player. Because as Henry just mentioned, the closest thing you can possibly get in the corporate world to a player is sales. And even that is not remotely close because players are the product. I can go in tomorrow and replace all 30 MLB owners with another billionaire and not a single thing would be different because they hire the front office to run things. Most owners don't make personnel decisions, and if they did, someone can do it better than them very easily. I just want to address uh, one of the comments in the section. Michelle Carter, she's new to the group. She's been pretty good. Um, didn't she bring in a ton of people with her? Yeah, Michelle Carter is a great ally of, of baseball life. But she did make a comment. She said the owners want money and baseball. Yes and no. Yes, they want money, but they want very little baseball so they can have more money. There's a difference. 
The players proposed 114 games. Everyone wins. Fans win. Players win. Owners win. Everyone is happy. Country wins. What the owners want, they want you to play just enough to call it a season, just enough for us to be able to get paid out from insurance, just enough for me to make us make this big profit margin, and we'll pay the players on 50 games because eh, whatever. If your main argument in this is that you want to see both both sides. And I'm going to fight for expanded playoffs so that I can keep 100% of that money on right. top of it. Right. Because players only get playoff shares. They don't get actual salary. If your main point in all of this is that you feel owners and players should both make concessions and play and stop bitching, you'll side with the players right now. Because that's what the players are doing. They're saying, we're not going to get paid a full amount. We're willing to play more for the product. We're willing to not take money in the playoffs, but play more playoff games so you can make back some of that money. And we're willing to yeah. defer $100 million. And again, uh, you can play with those numbers however you want. And they're willing, what's really lost, again, and, and I'm go, I go back to it because to play 114 games in 126 days is absolutely grueling. Yeah. That's a grueling, grueling schedule. So the players are risking their health once again, their well-being, definitely no family time, no real downtime. You know, players get once a week off. They wouldn't be getting that here. So they are they're not only are they sacrificing money, they're sacrificing their health again for the betterment of us. Yes, they're going to get paid. We get the product as the family. Yeah, it's a physical toll from a COVID standpoint. It's a physical toll from a uh, physical toll standpoint as far as playing all those games such a short period of time. They're being quarantined from their family and whatnot. Uh, and on the owner's side, like I said, I can walk in tomorrow to any of the 30 major league teams and find a replacement. And I don't have to have a scouting team to do it. I don't need to scour the world to do it. I could do it right here in the U.S. I could just pull up Forbes right now, figure out who's worth billions of dollars, and then give them the Major League Baseball team. It's a transaction. That's it. For players, it's not a transaction. So please stop comparing them to you, Mr. Welder or Mr. Fireman or whatever your job is. Stop comparing them to you. I can replace you tomorrow as a recruiter. It's what I do. I can go on LinkedIn right now and find a replacement for your job. That is what my profession is. I can't do that for Major League Baseball players because that's not something you find on a resume. It's something you actually have to see and they have to earn. And that's once, the difference. Once in a lifetime talent. They are very, there's a limited talent pool in baseball and there's a reason for it. These guys are the best of the fucking best at what they do. The worst MLB player is an extremely talented athlete that in regular life would put everyone to shit. If you're in the pros, you are an extremely talented athlete on absurd levels. So without them, there is no game. Yeah. And also worthy to point out, Henry, that the players who you're really complaining about in this case, because pre-Arb and Arb are largely unaffected, the players you're really complaining about in this case are the ones who are making upwards of, you know, $10 million. They are the best of the best of the best. They're the, literally the best on the planet at what they do. You can't say that for a single CEO or owner in all of baseball or in all of the world. They're more exclusive than that. They just happen to make less because they don't have billions of dollars to own a team. Some do. We're starting to see that now. Derek Jeter now owns part of a team. But that's a very new concept. I'm glad you brought up Derek Jeter. I know. Yeah, let's talk about these owners for a little bit. Left field as always. I'm glad you brought up Derek Jeter. Because again, once again, and if I'm wrong, please correct me in the comment section because I have been looking for them. With everything going on in this country in the last four or five days, 
Have you heard any MLB players talk about it, issue a statement or anything? No. No. You know who did? Who's that? Motherfucking captain, baby. What do you have the to captain. say? He issued a statement, talked about everything. I didn't have, I didn't look it up, but I will right now. I know he had the balls to issue a statement. I'm sitting here thinking, where are the players? Again, with an opportunity to miss it. LeBron said something. Even Michael Jordan, who's like notorious for yeah. staying quiet when it comes yeah. to it like that. Right. Michael Jordan issued a statement. Derek Jeter was the only person, still the face of baseball, who said something. I just wanted to put that out there. I'm glad you brought that up. No, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, we have had plenty of things in the news this week about, about specific owners. Look, there are owners of big market and small market we're going to get into right now who are, uh, you want a collective idiot of the week. We've got a few of them. Now, the first thing is that shortly after this proposal comes out from the players, it confirms everything that we just said, which is that some owners in baseball don't want a season. They don't want one now. They know they're going to lose a little bit of money. Before you continue, because we're getting complaints that we're not addressing any of the comments in the section, which when we do, you guys say little, but I'm glad you're saying. But there is one comment I wanted to address. And please, Alan, forgive me. I'm not going to attempt to butcher your last name. I will just say Alan W. He said, we don't need baseball games and we're in the World Series in December. I get it. But it would be kind of cool. I know NBA owns Christmas Day, but Christmas Eve to have a World Series game, count me in. It's cool in theory, but from like a rating standpoint, that's a terrible decision for MLB. I, 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 I don't know. I, look, I, I come from Hispanic family. We have big family gatherings. All the kids are there like kind of, you know, doing the dope thing thing, waiting for 12 o'clock so they can open their gifts. What better way to waste time waiting for 12 midnight didn't have a World Series game. Yes, it would be cool. Here, My problem with with having baseball past like mid-November, say, is not Mm -hmm. the climate, because you can have it in climate-friendly states. It's from a business standpoint, you're competing with the NHL playoffs, possibly, because that's coming back. NBA is coming back at their playoffs and the NFL all at once. It's never been done before. It's a terrible decision from a business standpoint. I don't know why you would put your most important ratings competing with three other sports. Unless they're on, unless they stagger days and they're not on the same day. All right. That's a lot. I mean, that's a lot of planning. Yeah. I mean, I, I know TV networks would love that. And all of that, by the way, does not include if there's a second wave that happens to hit mid to late November. So it's a very, very risky proposition. COVID could, my problem with the players proposal. COVID could eat some spinach like Popeye, come back and say, hey, yes. protest, I'm coming back, and here we go. Yeah, as Randy just pointed out, you can't compete with football, and you definitely can't compete with football by Thanksgiving. <laughs> I mean, that is football season. We got, we got four games every year now? Yeah, uh, three, four, yeah. So, I mean, that that's a big mistake. Um, that was my one problem with the player proposal. I know why they did 114 games. But it, it's nonsense because you're ending the regular season October 31st. And with an extended playoff, at best you're ending the, right, the postseason by December. Um, that's why I had a problem with it is you can't go into Thanksgiving with Major League Baseball no matter what the climate is. It doesn't make sense. But what you can do is take that 114-game proposal and you can scale it back to like 90 or 100 and you can agree there. 
and you well, get that's, paid common, that's a common sense response. 50 games is not a fucking common sense. Right. 50 cents is not good faith. That's not a negotiation. A slap in the fucking face is what it is. Right. That's not, that is not a good faith negotiation. That's either, those are the only terms that matter when it comes to this, especially as has been pointed out previously in the comment section, we are now probably looking at less than one week of negotiations left. We are in that 11th hour headed to the midnight hour now. This isn't mid-May when Henry and I told you to be calm and, and it was coming. Uh, I think we both, and this is probably the worst part of all, is that it, it's making me look bad because we underestimated how awful owners are. I did not, I did, I underestimated how far they were willing to go to save a buck. Uh, you're alone on that one. I knew how shitty and how horrible they were. <laughs> but I, we will talk. Well, I and, fight that fight in, in the group every day. I fight that fight every day. The only reason it hasn't gotten as much exposure is because the CBA has been working. They had an extension to the last CBA. Everyone's making money. Contracts here. Stadiums being built there. They're talking expansion. Now we get to the... As ugly as this is, the new collective bargaining agreement negotiations are probably going to get uglier. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's no, there is no uh, projection out from either side right now, oh, especially from the owners, into looking at the state of the sport if this doesn't happen. Full Game of Thrones. People are going to be getting killed left and right. Just Yeah. And I'm sorry, but Rob Manfred, you are – you, if, the, if there is not a season this year and then you go on strike in 2022, so that's when it would be since the CBA expires after 2021, Rob Manford better be fucking launched into space, not just fired. He better be launched into space away from the planet because he is the worst commissioner. He's already screwed up so many things that he would actually cripple the sport. I can only think of one other person in the country right now more harmful than Rob Manford. And they're both shitty leaders. Who is it? Who is it? Say it. Yeah. Say it. We need leadership right now at a minimum. I don't care what side of the spectrum you come down on. We need leadership right now at a minimum. Rob Manfred is doing nothing right now. Not a single thing. And he's in a winter of doing nothing the entire time to make any fans happy about anything. And you can say he's the owner on, but he also has an obligation to fans to keep the sport alive. A lot of people hated Bud Seeley. When the whole steroid shit blew up, they hated Bud Seeley. When he put the wild card in play, they hated Bud Seeley. Careful what you wish for, folks. I will say this. The only problem with Bud Seeley, besides turning a blind eye to all the steroid era, which was good for business but bad for fans, is that... Uh, I Vince McMahon there. I get it. That, that all-star game tie <laughs> probably pissed me off more than anything. I... I, I Again, I, I get it. I don't agree with it, but I understood it. He needed to do something, and he had a very knee-jerk reaction to the tie. Right. And I get it. It was it was it was bad, and he he has since acknowledged that it probably wasn't the best idea. And right. you know, All-Star games have been ruined since. I will say, I'm glad you brought up the All-Star game. You know what I realized? What that there wouldn't I, be one. I did not realize this until earlier yesterday. If we do have a season. MLB is contractually obligated to the TV network to give us an all-star game and a <laughs> derby, which is why with the negotiations, you keep hearing that they'll have one, whether it's at the end of the year or at some point. Because be the end of the year. They're contractually obligated to. 
Put, I mean, put that shit in the trop in uh, in December. It's that's, be, that's crazy. Who's gonna play? Who's gonna let their player who hasn't pitched in a month <laughs> pitch in that? Who's gonna let their hitter who hasn't swung a bat in a month? Nobody. It's gonna be a shit show. But yeah. yes, they are contractually obligated to have a an, an all star game and a home run derby to the TV networks. To the TV networks. That's hilarious. And that would be ESPN and Fox. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, if you, we did this the first time we, we danced this dance, uh, figured out based on the Yankees schedule, in a way, by the way, more conservative way than the players just did. You have a 90-game season if you back the regular season up a week, which would have it end, I think, October 4th or uh, thereabouts, the first week of October. You can have, we didn't have an expanded playoff when we did this. But you can have the playoffs end by the first week of November. Now, if you want to back that up another week to mid-November and account for expanded playoff, and in return for that, cut out some of the off days that we didn't cut out because we were being nice, mm-hmm. you can start talking about a 90-game season and an all-star game and a home run derby. When you have ownership that only wants 50 games, it seems like we're doing more negotiating than they are. Right. Uh, uh, <laughs> Sean Flannery. And, and these folks are just saying his 50 games. We don't want to do shit. Yeah, Sean Flannery brought that up in, in one of the comments earlier this week. Uh, me, me and Sean Flannery have talked about money more than these players and owners have. <laughs> trying to find a uh, concession. I wrote a week ago, the day after the, the first proposal, here's the deferred money that you're going to have to agree to. Here's the amount of games you're going to need to agree to. Find some semblance of that. And the players kind of did that. And now the owners are just on planet FUBAR right now. 50-game season. I mean, 50-game season isn't worth shit. Not a single fan is going to consider that a legitimate season. I wouldn't. And I'm, I'm of the ilk that uh, 82 games is fine with me. I wouldn't question it. I would not look back in history on the 2020 World Series champion and say I have any problem with it if they play at least 80, at least half a season. And, and with an expanded playoff, even more palpable to me. Because at least they're getting through an expanded playoff. You move it down to 50, you're talking about what Henry's idea was. Play a freaking tournament. We don't, we don't need a season. That's not a World Series. After 50 games? Six to eight weeks removed to just fucking listening to me. See? You listened to me at the beginning. The 50 games, you might as well have all 30 teams make the playoffs. What's the point? Get them warm. 50 games of warm-up. Warm them up. Have a playoff. Have a, have a round-robin tournament. Good, Great. Maybe Bob Nutting, Bob Nutting wins a championship that way. He can continue yeah. to play to trade guys in pre-arb. need to get to owners, please. You keep yeah, saying let's, let's get to that. Why don't you start that off? Because you, there's something you want to get off your chest. Look, I'm a big Yankee fan. Love my Yankees. Season ticket holder. I spent a lot of fucking money at Yankee Stadium. The news came down today that the Yankees are cutting, what, 40, was it? 40 or 400? No, I think 40. Whatever. 40 minor leaguers and not paying them. That is some bullshit. That is... Bush League, that is shit that I expect from the Kansas City Royals, who, by the way, are playing, paying 100% of their minor league players the full salary. That comes off as super cheap. I defend the Yankees when necessary. I will absolutely shit on them here. It is cheap. It is fucking embarrassing. And they should be so embarrassed that Randy Levin should just fucking throw in his card because he's a piece of shit. To do yeah, that to players are a piece of shit. Fuck you. Shut the fuck up. I'm, I'm over Randy Levin's shit, and the Yankees look like shit for this move. We know 
Randy Levine is behind this too. Of course, <laughs> is, of course. Hal Steinberger is way too PR savvy. Check this out. Hear this. I, I always roll my eyes when people say, if George was here, I always roll my eyes. At, this is the one instance that I say, George would never let this shit happen. Mm-hmm. Not only would he never let it happen, he'd pay those players and make sure that no one spoke about it. Look, Don't write about it. Pay the fucking players and call it a day. This is won. real this is cheap by the Yankees, and I'm fucking disgusted to be a Yankee fan for this reason today. You're absolutely right. I mean, it, it, look, there are a lot of times on this show, a lot of times in baseball life, a lot of times in my personal life, I'll defend the Yankees because small market little bitchy fans, like Royals fans or A's fans or whatever, they don't understand from a perspective of, of a big market the things they have to deal with. Some of the things a big market has to deal with is in situations like this, they have an obligation to do things like pay their employees throughout the year, to do things like even though even though the Yankees are losing a minor league affiliate, so they're naturally going to have to cut minor league players to pay them until that until that's resolved. That's fucking time to do that, right? Um, th- that's an obligation that the Yankees have that a team like if the Royals did it, no one would bat an eye. Be like that's the Royals or that's the Pirates or that's the Marlins. But the Royals are are paying their players. Right. <laughs> the Yankees aren't. There's something seriously wrong with that. They're paying 100% of their players, 100% of the salaries for the entire season. Yeah. And the cheap fucking Yankees, I've never called them cheap before, but this is a fucking move that just screams cheap, dense. It's just fucking horrible. And like I said, I'm disgusted today. $674 million in revenue in 2019. That's a reminder. That's what the Yankees made. $674 million, 676 somewhere in that. In revenue in 2019, if you really think Hal Steinbrenner is going to lose a yacht over this, <laughs> or a horse if they're still in that business, like you said, this has Randy Levine ran all over it. He's, yeah, he's, it's it's he's, Randy. This is Randy Levine. He he's never his haircut is probably a minor league player. Look, uh, and that's they, where we're at. They and this is I'm not taking a shot at the Mets because it was reported the Mets are making cuts too. I expect that from the Mets. The Mets have enough equity in the fucking dense bank that you expect that from them. I don't expect this from the Yankees. I was shocked that the Royals did it. I'm actually proud that them, David Price, a player that I can't stand, I hate David Price's guts, is paying, what was it, all the minor leaguers? $1,000. A $1,000 stipend out of his own pocket to every minor leaguer in that system. And And I, and I can't stand, and I'll give him kudos. But the Yankees, you are cheap fucks with this. I don't expect this out of Garrett Cole, but he's in the exact same situation David Price is with an extra $5 million on top of that. It mm-hmm. would be the smartest move in the world for a player who's going to be on this team for the next nine years yep. to do the same thing David Price just did. Yep. And then that's going to force Yankee ownership to do the right thing. Because we've seen that too. We've seen some players speak up and be like, we have to play these, pay these minor leaguers. We have to look out for them. And then ownership does the right thing. I think the Dodgers might have been an example of that, uh, which is where price is. I agree. That that would be a nice spot for Garrett Cole to put some nice equity in the bank with the fans. Um, probably makes him look a little bad to ownership at this point. Who gives a fuck? He just got his money anyway. And one playoff position, uh, great start. He'll, you know, they'll forget about it. But. Yeah, and a fair point too. Garrett Cole has not made his thirty-six million yet. David Price is at a few years making thirty-one or whatever he makes. But he did make twenty mil last year, I think. Yeah. So I mean, it, it, again, that's not my expectation. As Randy just pointed out in the comment section, 
it's on the owners to pay to do the right thing. Uh, players should not have to pick up your pieces. I'm just saying that would be a smart move on his part. They do it for two reasons. They do it because it's a genuine move out of their heart, and they know what it's like to be a minor league ball player. Depending on them, and they don't. Minor league ball players make no money. They're on bus, city to city. They don't see their families. They make nothing compared to major league baseball players. So they know what it's like to be minor league players. So they do it for the love of the players and the understanding. And they also do it because it's good publicity. If a player says, hey, I'm going to do this. And like you said, the owners say, no, you know what? We'll forget. The fans aren't going to say, oh, he didn't do it because the owners said they're going to say, no, he was willing to do this. Right. So but yeah, Yankees got me super, super hot with this news. We are liable to put the Yankees in with the Tigers and the Pirates and who are the other three? Diamondbacks, I feel like we're in there. Oakland, I believe. Oakland, yeah. Those were the teams, by the way, that that are suspected. I don't I don't know if it was confirmed or not, but they're the ones who don't care if there's a season because it would touch their wallet, the owners I'm talking about. Those teams, we tell you to shut the fuck up. Yeah. Win the shut the fuck up of the week award. And like you said, notice players have stayed out of it. This we don't have a we didn't have a snell this week. <laughs> we didn't we uh they've stayed out of it. They are at the negotiating table. That's what that means to me. By the way, and Randy pointed out, thank you, Randy. David Price asked that that story not be publicized, by the way. Yeah, it's a, it's a classy move by Price. The Royals and David Price are the winners of this week to me, and I never thought I'd say that because I always rail against the Royals and David Price, but the, it's true. They've both done the right things this week. There's no getting around it. When someone's right, they're right. And the Yankees did not do the right thing. They usually do. They're a very charitable organization on the whole. They weren't charitable this week. They, they made a mistake, and they're going to pay for that mistake, I'm sure, at some point. I don't even think it's charity, though. That's just it's, – it's not charity. It's, it's doing what's right. Right. There's charity and – It's less than charity is what it is. Um, you pay so Yeah, absolutely. That is a – They don't have a season to make money. And we're not talking about a lot of money, by the way. We're talking about a two-day hotel – stay for one of these executives somewhere you know what i mean right we're not talking big money so let's put it another way i don't remember the name of the red zoner but as far as i know the reds are still or haven't cut minor league players yet their owners were 400 million what's that all i remember is marge shot (laughs) yeah it's not marge shot thank god but the red zoners are worth 400 million it's the poorest poorest owners in major league baseball steinbrenner are worth $3.2 billion. So when you look at it in that perspective, that <laughs> the Steinbrenners are basically worth, what, 10 times the amount? As the Red Zoner, almost 10 times the amount, nine times? Bob Castellini. Yeah, Bob Castellini is worth an eighth of the Steinbrenners he's paying these minor leaguers. There's no excuse. It's disgusting. It's just a bad look. And, and like I said, you have to put the owners on blast here. And if that means blasting my own team, so be it. Right. So let's see where we're at now. We're, we're, we're getting through a lot here. Um, you know, where do we, where do we go from here is, is I think really where it has to be. I would say the timeline that I have in my head is that by June 8th, they need a directive to go to, go to their facilities. Um, by June 10th, you probably need to start playing by July 1st. You probably need to be ready to start the season. I think the owners were foolish to present that proposal, but I think they have not. I don't think that it's a, it's a real proposal. 
I just think it's shock value. I don't think that they really want to play 50 games. I, I just can't. I can't believe that. <laughs> They'd have to think that the players are six years old to, to not see what's going on there, that they basically just want to pay them as little amount of money as possible. I still think we'll get 75 to 90 games. Um, this is about money, and that's where both sides are looking to gain leverage is on the money discussion. So I just – 50 games is just – no, it's not happening. I am now – I've been about 90-10 this whole time as far as there will be a season. Like, I, w- I would have been shocked a week ago if you, if there wasn't going to be one. It just didn't make sense. And the only reason, by the way, that I feel that passionate is not to be, like, thick-headed or combative or contrarian. It's because literally the business sense behind it. Huh? You are, you are, and you are, though. <laughs> yes, but in this instance, that's not the reason I feel that way. The reason I feel that way is from a business sense standpoint it makes so little sense for there not to be baseball this year that I, I can't like just the logical part of me just can't fathom it. But I think the actions we've seen from the owners and how far they're willing to go to be just completely subhuman as far as their, uh, their behavior. It's on the table. Now I'm probably 60, 40. Now there still will be a season, but there's definitely a gap there. Now you ever watched the show billions? I no, I haven't actually. It's a great show. You should watch it. Free plug, Showtime, cut that check. Um, there's a, It's a show about um, a 9-11 investor, but basically the dude is filthy rich. And there's a line in one of the first episodes where he says, I have fuck you money. And I think it's at the point where the billionaires are actually willing to throw the season away to say fuck you, just to yeah. prove that we have fuck you money. It's almost a childlike tantrum. They're willing to lose money <laughs> just to not lose money against their terms, basically. And, and I think it's a, it's a line in the sand. I think if they sacrifice a season, it's letting the players know, hey, we're coming to play ball when it comes to the collective bargaining agreement. Right. We mean business and we don't mind missing a season. I think, like you said, I, I was probably 99% sure we were having a season. I think today was the first time I actually thought maybe we won't. Right. It's a... You look at the, you know, we have spent $2 trillion as a country now on big corporations who are supposed to keep everyone employed and ended up firing thousands of people after they got their payout. We are at a situation where there may not be Major League Baseball to escape news like that because owners want to save a few million dollars in one year and they're willing to sabotage the entire product to do it. We're in a situation where the government is so convoluted and so divided and so partisan that we can't pass simple legislation to prevent things like that are going on right now in the country and to make this country a better place and to combat a, a pandemic, it's, it's time to wake up in that regard. I mean, there's a common correlation here to all of those groups of people <laughs> and the owners are part of that. You know, it's funny. I, you know, I, I grew up extremely poor in the Bronx. And, you know, my first few games with my uncle, $5 bleacher tickets, he got blasted on Budweiser, and I'm just sitting there watching the game. <laughs> and, you know, I am at the point in my life where I can afford the luxuries of going to a game. You know, I was able to afford the luxuries of going to postseason games last year. And 
me and Hardy were willing to travel to Washington if we were going to go to the World Series, I'm telling you. <laughs> we would have probably seen all seven games, no lie. And I never thought I would be in a position where I would turn my back on baseball and not watch baseball. I think if we miss this season and the players and the owners don't get a deal done for next year and then we have a strike, I might very well stop watching baseball for a while. That might do it for me. That is the hill I'm willing to die on. I I probably, if there's no baseball this year, it's going to leave a very poor taste in my mouth for 2021. Very poor taste. I'm going to be a lot more lethargic towards the sport than I usually am. If they have baseball this year and they go on strike after 2021, it's going to leave a poor taste in my mouth because we haven't had a work stoppage since 1994. But I can survive both of those things separately. I'm with you. If there is no baseball this year and that same greed, because now you have the entire season to get like your heads out of each other's asses and negotiate something. If you then play 2021 and don't have a season after that as well, you can't, uh, you got to help yourself at a certain point. I, yeah, I'm not going to put up with that. I don't need to tolerate that. Sports are an escape. They're not an obligation. I agree. So we'll see. We'll see. I, I am just sick and tired of hearing about common people complain about things like owners who have billions of dollars and their problems. Yeah, I don't yeah. care about their problems. Their problems aren't real problems. They just aren't. You I, have a child, I will empathize for that. But if you're talking money and you're a billionaire and you might lose some of it, I couldn't give two shits. And that's where I'm at. And now, if we lose baseball, as much as I love this game, and I got scholarship offer to play this game at Georgia Tech, I would not – it would be hard for me to to, to just come back and and say, hey, I'm back. But it would be hard. It would leave a really nasty taste in my mouth. The bitterness of it, too, is that hockey has worked out a deal. Basketball has worked out a deal. Now, granted, those aren't entire seasons. They're parts of seasons. It's really just playoffs at this point. But they both come to the table and agreed on something. NFL has not had a work stoppage since before baseball's last work stoppage. It seems to be there is one sport in America that has this problem. And that is a problem. (laughs) That is a problem. We had, what, six work stoppages from 1978 to 1994? So work stoppages aren't a new thing. We've had a lot of peace since 1994. But this is so bad. Beautiful, expensive marriage since 95. Yes. If you can't figure it out with $10 billion, $10.8 billion of revenue in a normal season that you know is going to be there, if you can just work out this deal this year for less than that, I don't have an answer for you. But I don't want to be, I don't want to associate myself with people who can't figure that out. That is beyond dumb. <laughs> you are a complete idiot. If you have that much money to play with and you can't find a, a, a consolation there, a concession there to agree on. Hey, could you imagine making $10 billion collectively and not finding a way to make it work? Yeah, I, put us, you put me in a storage unit, you put the two of us in a storage unit, $10.7 billion. I, I don't think one of us is going to be dead. I think we'd probably reach an agreement. We, we both leave happy. Yeah. The alternative is you set some of that money on fire. I, it's a no brainer. 
I don't understand why this is still an issue. I don't get it. I, like I said, I, I thought for sure we'd have a season, and now I'm starting to double, double down, and, and I don't know. I don't know. It's sad. It is sad. If I can offer a suggestion, as I've done when we get these proposals, uh, let's look at what we've got right here. We have players at 114. We have owners at 50. 95. Let's say, what's the, what's the difference mathematically between that 64 games? So let's add 30 games to the 50. Oh, look at that. We're right back at 80 games. That was the original agreement. Hello. I'm shocked. The original, wow. the original proposal from the players. Yeah. So how about we do this? Wait, 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 wait. Here's the thing. Oh, oh because we, we didn't touch on it. And I wrote it down. I did write it down. The owners, we spoke about this before, Vince. The owners are saying not only do we want 50 games, but we want the right to set the schedule based on the agreement we had in March that mm -hmm. let us set the schedule in March. That's the same agreement that they reneged on where they didn't want to play prorated salaries. So now they're going back to that and saying, oh, but we agreed to this. Man, go fuck off. This is what I see, right? Owners, the hill the owners are willing to die on, as I understand it, is they basically don't want to have to pay the 50% to players this year. Right. No matter how you look at it with their proposals, that's what it comes down to. Whether it's a scaling back proposal or whether it's lowering it to 50 games, they don't want to play, they don't want to pay owner uh, players in their entirety for 81 games. But players, if they're going to have a season, want to play as many games as possible. So maybe you can reach a compromise here and say, hey, that magic number is between 80 and 90 games. It's way less than 114. It's way more than 50. It's right in the middle. It's a half a season. It validates things for fans. So we're at, you know, that's one agreement, 80 and 90 games. Mm -hmm. Now you have players now are the hill they're willing to die on is they are not taking a further scale back. That's a non-starter for them. But they have introduced the concept of deferred money. So once again, if players are going to get 80 to 90 games – and that, to me, is, since that was the original thing they already agreed to, that is, that is uh, the owners making a concession, if you can get to 80 and 90 games. Players, then, they've already introduced $100 million. Maybe owners can come back and say, how about $200 million? Well, that's just get interest on it, so who cares? That's it. The players are proposing out-of-the-box thinking bright ideas, because that's a good idea. Yeah. And now the owners are taking that good idea and they're getting greedy with it. Yeah, the players are on the right track. The owners are still trying to go for the atomic bomb. It's like when you used to thumb wrestle when you were a little kid, and, like, you did it fair, you did it fair, and then that's, that stupid asshole comes with a cherry bomb and just, like, puts his fist over you, like, as if that's legal. That's what the owners are doing right now. Like, the players are in a little thought. They're like, oh, yeah, it's a negotiation. I know how this works. And the owners are like, bam. Every time they talk, it's like, bam. It has nothing to do with the actual thumb wrestle. That's what this is. It's abuse. <laughs> the players are trying to have a fair one. Like, you know, someone's going to win eventually, but at least we can have baseball. And the owners are like, no, we want to we win this entirely, which is so funny to me because their front offices, that's not how trades work. <laughs> like, trades are generally in agreement. So they have this skill set somewhere in that front office. Well, notice who gets, the tra who gets trades done? General managers. The middlemen right. middle who are dealing with the billionaire babies – and the millionaire players who want everything they want. The middlemen making it once again. So let's, let's call the GMs the working class, middle class of right. MLB. Yeah. Getting it done. Like middle management at this point. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I see. If you're going to come to an agreement, 
And, and here's the disclaimer. If the owners are truly not willing to concede on anything, which so far based on their proposals, they're basically not, we're not going to have a season. It's the first time I'll say it because it's the first time I believe the owners, there's actually a chance they may not do any negotiating in good faith. They may just say, take it or leave it because a contingent of us are okay with no season whatsoever. Fans be damned, players be damned. So that's now on the table. But if you're going to reach an agreement, it still makes the most sense to me. You're going to have a certain amount of deferred money. You're going to have at least half of the season. And that deferred money is going to be paid over a certain amount of years and with a certain amount of interest or no interest at all. And there's going to be an expanded playoff this year and next year, no matter what. And that's it. That, that's where the agreement is. If they can't come to that agreement over this next week, I don't, ha- I don't have an answer for why that happened because it, it's totally avoidable. Do you remember when the players first proposed the deferred money and I was staunchly against it? And I said, it's a bad idea to start swimming in those waters. Yeah. And they dove in. They dove in. They proposed it. They came up with it. And I I think it's going to end up screwing them. They're going to end up taking so much money in deferrals that we're going to think they're the Washington Nationals. And the funniest part about it is, (laughs) say it's even $100 they agree to. That CBA expires after 2021. So (laughs) you're going to need something in writing, I would imagine, in a contract that says owners are paying that money if there's no no games in 2022. Or else you're right here, and now you're fighting over deferred money and your future money. And this was the very reason why I thought deferred salaries were just a bad idea. Deferring any money in this deal was, was, was a bad idea. It was walking down a path that would just lead to no return, and the players are going to get screwed. And I think we've seen with the last agreement, the five-year extension, and with this here, the owners are the better negotiators. So Tony Clark has to get his head out of his ass. For sure, yeah. Uh, And Trevor Bauer, you can say you don't want Scott Boris involved as much as you want, and I understand where you're coming from. Your boy Trevor Bauer, he got got lucky because I had a lot of fire for his ass this week. Yeah, I mean, it – I'll only say this once. Trevor Bauer is probably my favorite non-Yankee right now in baseball. Trevor Bauer was he Wrong, was the lead. He was the lead for the shut the fuck up award. I'm yeah, telling you. until owners stepped up. But I, uh, you I'm still need, talking about that next podcast because that yeah. <laughs> you need Scott. Scott Boris should be Tony Clark. Yeah. I, <laughs> Remember what we said offline? I said that uh, if I if I were the players, I say hey. What would it take for Scott Boris to not, you know, be the agent and just be the head of the union? Because I don't think you can do both. It's a conflict of interest. Right. I, but, there's probably not enough money in the world to make him take that. I mean, he could still do, you know, he could have his trust set up and then still take his cut of the salaries. But they need Scott Boris or Scott Boris type, you know, a Bob Fear all over again to come yeah. and save it. Because Tony Clark clearly isn't getting it done. Absolutely. Um, just going through these comments, see if there's anything else we want to cover here. Yeah, I don't know. It seems like something occurred. At a, <laughs> Brian's throwing the hex on us, saying that there's going to be an agreement in the next few days because that always happens after Dong City. He's probably right. He's hopefully right. Um, I don't know why Michelle left out. can't quite put my finger on it, but we'll talk about that after. Right. Uh, well, I think based on her comments, she does side with the owners a little bit. Um yeah. But she also said she's siding with the players, so there you go. I don't know. 
I'm sure we'll get more of that later in the week. But um, yeah, so James Edwin Scott mentioned this like a long time ago about the Trevor Bauer comments and the Kyle Loesch comments. Harlan has a great point. If you ever have to talk to a trust fund billionaire, they're like childlike when the maturity stops once people start kissing their ass. That's accurate as hell. Yep. And Alan, by the way, you had asked that way back early. Uh, there, I mean, there's like a 0% chance of minor leagues happening. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're, that, that's, that's off the table. That's definitely not happening. Um, but our point earlier was that these major league teams should still be paying those players because it's not their fault. There's no season. So anyway, that, uh, that, that is everything. I think we've sufficiently gotten the anger. I mean, this was such a ridiculous counter proposal that I almost flew off my seat when I first read it. Um, we'll see. I mean, we'll, we'll see dung city faithful. We will see what happens next week is June 8th. You, I would imagine that Sunday is the cutoff. After that, I, I, you're talking about hours, not days, that you'd need an agreement. So I think by next week, Henry and I are going to find out if we have to continue coming up with five or six segments every single week without Major League Baseball for an entire year, which is just the worst thing I can think of. Or if there will be baseball eventually, and finally, we can have our first Dong City episode covering actual games. We'll find out. We're hoping. Anything to add? I think that's it. Um, owners, players, get in the same room and stop FedExing proposals. Yeah, absolutely. And now I want I want counter proposals daily. Now I don't need them weekly. Uh, I don't need them every five days. I need them daily, and that's what I hope to see this week. It's Monday. We just saw a, a counter punch after a punch. I want more of that this week until you iron out a deal, which is probably going to be very similar to something that we suggested a month ago. But that's just how these things work. So this has been Dong City, an angry Dong City. We'll be back next week, and we'll see if there's Major League Baseball. Dong City, bitches.